0: You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey friends, this is Chris Blair with another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. And I am so excited about this week's episode. I know, I know, I say that every single week. It's true, because I get excited every week. Uh, Every week that I get to sit down and have these conversations, I just love them. This week is no different. I'm sitting down with Victoria Shaw. I have had the honor and privilege of knowing and calling her a friend for probably over 15 years now or something like that. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about her musical journey from New York to California to Nashville, how she was at Country Radio Seminar and met a guy called Garth Brooks. um, And from that, she went on to write The River. Love that song. I actually sang that song at my high school graduation in Herculaneum, Missouri in 1993. So shout out to all my high school friends out there listening. Um, Now, full circle, this is such a cool conversation that I get to sit down with Vic. Uh, You're going to hear the story behind that song, The River, uh, and more. Um, You're going to hear what she thinks about songs that are on the radio right now. Um, She is such an incredible writer and producer. She's got other great hits like I Love the Way You Love Me that she wrote for John Michael Montgomery, songs for Lady A, Doug Stone, Ricky Martin. Like Her discography is just so huge and impressive. She also has won an ACM award for Song of the Year, two Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Original Song, four Emmy nominations and several ASCAP and CSAC awards. I love her so much. She's such an awesome person. This is such a fun conversation. Let's get to it. Here is Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair and Victoria Shaw. Hey everybody, this is Chris Blair with another episode of Stories Behind the Songs and I am so grateful to be joined today by my dear friend the beautiful and so talented <laughs> Victoria Shaw.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh man, this is uh I was I was so excited for this one. It's It's like old
1: friends chatting. I know, yeah. When you asked me to do it, it was like a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, well, thank
0: you so much. I know you don't do a lot of this anymore, and it's just an honor to have you here.
1: I'm always happy to hang out with friends. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, let's for everybody listening, let's kind of just go back to the beginning. You're from New York, and then L.A., Mm -hmm. and then Nashville. Yes. The (laughs) first two
1: country music meccas, right? (laughs) L.A. and New York. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, let's just go back to kind of the beginning. I always like to start there. uh, How... How you got into music into the first place?
1: Well, both my parents had been in music um, mostly before I was born, but music was in my house. My dad was a singer, and um, my and had been on um, Broadway uh, briefly, and my mom was a singer, so there was lots of music in my house. By the time I was three, they both had gotten out of the business, but my mom did, you know, all those. TV shows, you know, in the fifties and sixties and stuff like that. So music was really part of the house. Sports was too with my dad, but that wasn't where I bonded with him. I did it more music. My sister bonded with the sports, but, um, my mom taught me how to do harmony early on. We used to sing a lot in the car. So music was literally just part of my blood, my blood.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So when did you just, when did you figure out that you had the talent to, to write?
1: Oh, to write. Um, when I was well, I'll tell you when I first started writing was when I was like 11 or 12. Okay. And I wrote my first couple of songs and they were well, uh, and looking back now, you know, as a professional, they were, you know, uh, well crafted. I understood, you know, short verses and I understood the chorus. I mean they they weren't just, you know, horrific and um, my dad liked it and we uh i got a bunch of my sister's friends together to just record it at the house and my friends my sister's friends were a little bit older and they played instruments and i play piano and all of a sudden um that seemed the right thing to do and we started a band i mean like i literally was in music since i was 12. And yeah. we started a band and played all over uh southern california and um i've been working and doing music ever since really
0: yeah yeah well and then so when did you move to nashville
1: um, I started coming down here in the '80s. Okay. Um, I didn't move here till like '92.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I started coming down here when country was not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and And um, I moved back to New York. Uh, I grew up in LA. So crazy. Born in New York, grew up in LA, and at 18, um, just decided to move back. To, move to New York, and um, it always kind of intrigued me that city. And then in New York, I discovered country music, which is really yeah. bizarre and yeah. not the normal way, but. Um, Back then, country music was also played on, on pop, you know, Kenny Rogers and Dolly mm-hmm. Parton and, and the Barbara Mandrell Show. And just it, there was not this separation of state. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so um, as I started listening to it, I was like, oh, I know that song. And I know that song. And I had started writing in New York. Just I played in the piano bars. And one night I came home and I had written this song on the Long Island Railroad, which is also known as the LIRR. And I wrote this song. Um, I'm in a smoke-filled car on the LIRR. Home seems so far away. It's been a long night. I'm still a little tight. Whatever made me want to stray. Anyway, all this stuff. And I wrote it, and it came out country. And then I just started listening to country more. I know that sounds, wow. you know, funny, but it's also because I only had this one little Casio at home. You know that one-note Casio that's yeah, now like yeah, yeah, exactly. You can get on eBay. And so the only thing I could do when I got home to write to write music to the words I had written was dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> so it just came out country. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you, so that start kind of starts the path of going down and then you, you're, you're writing country. What, what I really love doing is just peeling back and like, let's just pretend that I don't know any of these stories because okay. we, we've, you know, yes. you, you've shared a lot yes. with me and, <laughs> and we've been friends for years and yes. years. So um but i want you know i want to start peeling back you know some of these incredible hits that you've written over the years thank and,
1: you and um well to, to that let me just peel back one little layer here yeah um what this song that i'd written about being um uh, in, in the smoke-filled car and it was called is that any way to treat a star and it was about playing in piano bars and oh i think somebody just fell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I wrote it and sent it to my dad. And my dad was always like inventing things or an entrepreneur. I mean, we, you know, he was just trying things. We didn't, you know, grow up with any money, but he was always inventing things and um, he's or taking risks. And he said, why don't we cut this song? He loved it. So he found these musicians out in LA who ended up, I didn't know at the time, being really great, Nash- ended up moving to Nashville being high uh, end musicians. But at the time they were just working musicians. We cut this song. I had this 45, I went back to New York, and got went over to the local um, radio station, which was a country station. I didn't know it was the biggest station in the country, but it was New York, um, and gave it to them, and bizarrely, they started playing it, because it mentioned New York. Because of that, I started taking trips down to Nashville, and um, some somebody would take me around to publishers so I could maybe find songs to sing. Hmm. And during that time, um, a man named Charlie Monk, who was a publisher mm. who just passed, yeah. he listened to my songs and he goes, you wrote this? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, if you ever wanna come back here and try writing, I'll set you up with some writers. And that changed my life. And I thought, okay, I, that's what I'm gonna do. Actually, the big epiphany was coming down here for that stuff and somebody said, you should go to a place called the Bluebird Cafe. They have a thing called a writer's night. Okay, I went by myself and had a religious experience. Yeah. And I thought, that's how I'm gonna get a record deal. I'm gonna buckle down and I'm gonna write hit songs for other people and then I'm gonna get noticed. It was a totally naive idea. Um, it took me eight years after that I, that decision, but it was the best thing I ever did because it made me a hit songwriter. Yeah. You know?
0: Was uh, was the Bluebird where you met Garth or did you meet Garth through I, demos? and?
1: No, I met Garth at the country radio seminar. Okay. Um, which is a thing that happens in Nashville where all the radio people and country music descend upon yep. it for three days and it's a convention and um, this used to be held at the Opryland Hotel and I kind of knew his managers at the time and they said you should meet our artist and maybe you can write with him so I walked up to him and I said uh, you know uh, Bob and Pam think that we should meet and we just exchanged numbers there and then we started to write
0: yeah yeah so um he didn't
1: have a deal or anything then yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's it's uh i love i love hearing these stories so, <laughs> let, so let's let's uh let's go to that room um talk talk about the river
1: well that wasn't the first song we wrote but it was probably Mm, third or fourth, maybe. And he came over. I was living, um, I was living, still living in New York, but I was renting, I was paying part of a rent in a house in East Nashville with my friend Jess Leary, who became a hit songwriter as well. But it was so cheap to just pay whatever it was, $200 a month or $150 a month to keep my room in that house as opposed to living at the Shoney's Hotel, which I used to do. (laughs) Um, So I used to drive back and forth, back and forth. And one of those times, um, Garth came over to write and we're sitting in the living room and remember, he didn't have a deal yet or anything. Yeah. Um, and we were blank. Sometimes that happens. You kind of yeah. try ideas. Nothing happens. You know, an hour goes by, an hour and a half goes by, um, and finally he said, "Let's just not write for a second. Just play something." What do you What are you listening to these days? And I said, "Oh, I have this new. Uh, I'm loving the new James Taylor album. That's why I'm here." And he goes, "Okay, just play it." So you know, and you know, because you're a songwriter, sometimes you can hear a song, but it completely makes you have an idea of a different kind of song. Mm-hmm. It just Freeze your mind, and it takes you places. So we're starting to listen to this James Taylor CD, and all of a sudden he goes, "Turn it off." I got it, and he picked up the guitar, and he started to to sing. You know the words and music to the first few lines of the river. Mm. It was wild, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." And um, that song, after two hours of staring at each other, came out in about two hours, wow. which was amazing. And I tell this story on stage, and you've heard me say this, but. Um, when he, when it was over, he was, I always remember him sitting on the floor and me sitting on the couch and we're playing it over and over and over again on the boom box. And he said, can't you just imagine a stadium full of people waving their lighters and singing this song? And in my head, I'm like, this guy is so delusional. <laughs> Nobody does that in country music. Nobody plays arenas. Yeah. Nobody plays arenas. And then, you know, a few years later... I opened for him in Central Park. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and just, that's where my head yeah, was going. Was and, like that. Exactly. And afterwards, there are a million people waving their lighters and yeah. singing that song.
0: Yeah. And even then, I mean, as big as he was then, the uh, the stories I've heard of like how, you know, he was at the hotel room, like, I hope people show up. I know. Like, will, will the park be like empty, you know? I know. Like, and then helicopters flying over like.
1: Right. He's delusional with that stuff. <laughs> exactly. <yes. laughs>
0: yeah. So, 19, I don't know. I don't even know if you know this. 1993. Graduation of my high school, uh I sang the river
1: I did not know that, yeah did you really yeah.
0: i was uh <laughs> i was i was uh the the entertainment i guess for my uh for my high school graduation and sang that song
1: that makes me <clears throat> excuse me so complimented and makes me feel so old <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really lovely. Yeah. I love that you know uh, obviously, I work with lady Annabellum, and one of the first things dave um ever said to me was you know i learned that was the first song I ever learned on guitar, really yeah
0: that's so cool yeah
1: those are very touching compliments i i take them uh, to heart it's, yeah yeah
0: well let's uh let's talk about lady a too okay. um and we can i mean let's just have fun we, we we'll go wherever you want to go so this is just okay well uh, we're that's bouncing right. forward that's i know fine. yeah um and we can i mean we can do that or or let's just maybe just walk this walk through the progression of like what what kind of happened after you know going back to that time like you know when the river was taken off in early stages of of all that
1: so uh eight years of me going back and forth between new york and nashville trying to get a publishing deal and then during that time wrote that song with garth and right around that time a couple like a year later maybe um i got finally a publishing deal and a publishing deal as people might not know i mean it's like you write for a company that tries to rent your songs out that's how i explain it yeah so um that same year, I mean, the first year I wrote, Nothing Happened, and that second year, Garth ended up cutting the river. Um, I wrote a song with Gary Burr called, Too Busy Being In Love, that was recorded by Doug Stone, and a song that I wrote with Chuck Cannon called, I Love The Way You Love Me. John Michael Montgomery. John Michael Montgomery. Love that song. All three came out in one year, mm. and all three went to number one. I literally had eight years of, you know, nothing happening, I couldn't get arrested, and then three, three number ones in a, in a year. And that obviously launched my career. Yeah, <laughs> People yeah. kind of noticed. So that yeah. was amazing. Um, I, I had other cuts, you know, uh, another number one with Garth. Uh, She's every woman, you yeah. know, after that, uh, the top 10, whatever, the uh, Tanya Tucker and uh, duet with Garth and Tricia called Where Your Road Leads. And, and then um, during a little bit later, I also had a pop hit with Ricky Martin and Christina yeah. Aguilera called uh, uh, Nobody Wants to be Lonely. And I love the way you love me became a pop hit around the yeah. world with a group called boy zone. So it just kept going and going. Um, but then all of a sudden things started getting, um, uh, different here. I couldn't get many mm. cuts. And I was like, what is happening? I know I'm writing the same. Why can't I get many cuts? And I started looking at the credits on their albums. And it turns out that producers were using a lot of their writers who wrote for them, their songs, um, you know, kind of sucked. And do I think it, you know it's a bummer that we all went that way? Yes, but that doesn't mean great songs weren't being written. Yeah. But what what it did mean was that I was having a much harder time getting my songs onto albums. So I had two choices: to leave the business, <laughs> or to figure out you know if you're not going to let me in my in that reindeer game, I'm going to find my own reindeer. And that's when I decided to find. Um, I was actually looking for an art, one, you know, one artist, a male artist, because I had so many hits with guys. But funny enough, I, I came uh, across Hillary Scott, who I was friends with her mom, and she, uh, her mom had, Linda Davis had invited me to a Christmas show that her family was doing, and Hillary came out, who I hadn't seen in years, and she just had that magic it factor, mm. and that's when I thought, ooh, I want to work with her. Yeah. She was still in high school, but I just knew she had the thing. Yeah. I know I, I talk a lot of so No, sorry. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually a couple of years into it, she met Dave and Charles and I guess I made you know I made my arms big or whatever and they just kind of camped out at my office as well and we just started to work on writing and um I guess I was a mentor to them mm-hmm. and um really just stuck with them. I believed in them a hundred percent. And about five years later when this whole thing started, uh, they had a we just kind of made a showcase uh you know we didn't like showcases in nashville usually you pay a lot of money and you get a publicist and you get this they were just playing it um a third and lindsley every month or something so we just did it on that or every week on tuesday whatever it was we just did it on a normal night i called everybody i knew you know important in the business they showed up and the next day they had like five uh, deal offers on the table mm. and i got to produce uh, co-produce their first album which yeah. won the cma awards. so that was yeah. fun
0: <laughs> and and you've gone on to you've gotten several awards now. You've got some Emmys, you've got the ACM, you've got the ASCAP, I mean just like from New York to <laughs> LA to eight years struggling yeah. in the business yeah. to three saw three number ones in one year and yeah. then like how was that like the first t- like walk me through the first award you got and that feeling of like
1: oh my gosh this is like The first award was the Academy of Country Music Award for I Love the Way You Love Me. Mm. I was funny, I was just talking to my daughter about this um, because that was up against Chattahoochee. So there was no way in my mind I thought that we were gonna win. I was just so excited to be nominated and at this award show and dressing up. I mean, there wasn't even a slight chance in my head we were gonna beat Chattahoochee. Mm. And I remember um, uh, Kathy Mateo was the one that was presenting that award and she looked at me uh, like when before the commercial you know came back and she gave me a look like it's going to be you 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 know, and I looked at her and I I shook my head. I thought, oh, she's going to be so embarrassed when she reads Chatterhoot. You know, she's going to feel bad for me, but it's okay. I was, you know, she just kept saying, you. (laughs) And then they they said, I love the way you love me. And it blew my mind. And uh, that was an amazing moment. It was Mm. really fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah. If anybody gets a chance to win an ACM, they should do it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Recommend it. (laughs) I love it. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com.
0: So, um, when, uh, when did you kind of start to move more into mentoring? Cause you, you do a lot of that. I mean, it sounds like you were, you were doing that early on, obviously with Lady A, but like, you're still doing that with Cooper and like, you know, that's, that's one of the things I love about you is you've got all this success and you're, you're, you know, you're best friends with some of the biggest people in the industry, but you still have the heart, and you take the time out to develop new new writers, and you write with new writers, and all of that, and it's just
1: well, it's thank amazing. you. I appreciate that. Um, I think I can't take all the credit for being so loving. Some of it is like I think they're going to make me money. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to bet on them. Yeah. But you do, you know, it does take you um, out of your norm of writing with somebody who you know you're going to have success with to take that gamble. But I mean, otherwise, I think I would be stale, you know, and I would stay. Um, stay with as a 90s writer you know I mean I wouldn't have progressed Mm -hmm. because when you're writing with young fresh writers they bring so much to the table I might bring a you know a sense of how to truly nail it to that hit song way but they'll bring something refreshing and something I haven't thought of you know a chord or a way to say something and that's what I love about writing with Cooper Allen I, I really he's just he has grown into such a strong writer yeah. and his instincts are great and when he came to town you know and I started to work with him he had a sense of song but he is a great songwriter now um and so and honestly I got into the mentoring because I couldn't get cuts so I just tried to find young people that I believed in and I in my head that shit that stuff takes five years like if you don't have the patience, yeah. and I know I've had so many friends who just gave up like in a year. Well, how do you, I don't know. I, I just, I think publishing companies take five years to truly get off the ground. And I think acts sometimes take about five years and you have to know that it's, you're not gonna be making money for a long time. But uh, if I believe in something, I'm all the way in. And yeah. also I think um, when, you, when you give yourself to somebody to mentor, you have to put your ego away. It's all about them. Mm -hmm. What benefits them? How can I make them better? How can I make them famous? I don't, you know, it's not about you. And, um, maybe it's the mother in me. I find that very easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's worked well. I mean, I've watched Cooper, um, you know, I I mean, just, he's, he's developed so much. He has It's uh,
1: But you also have to have, you know, it's not just me with my magic wand. You have to have the talent, obviously, but you have to have the smarts and the drive and the work ethic. You know, work with a lot of people. Some just didn't make it because it just didn't happen, uh, you know, uh, for whatever reason. But some didn't make it. You know, Scott Borchetta once said something to me that I always quote because he said, I've never been wrong about talent, but I have been wrong about work ethic. And you don't know until Mm. you get in bed with somebody. Yeah right? Yeah. How do you know that they don't have a good work ethic? And that's happened to me a few times. And if I'm working harder than the person I'm trying to help, they got to go. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. not going to work. And, and it's self-sabotaging for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that I love about the listening room is we get to see so much great talent before anybody else. Absolutely. Does. Um, but I have, I have seen that on both sides of it, right? Like I've seen, I've seen the talent and they put in the grind and, you know, they're, they're accepting awards on the ACMs now, but I've also seen people that have walked across this stage that are just so good and unique and like, and they could do it, but then they figure out that 200 days a year in a, in a van, um, you know, early morning uh, radio shows and just, and not making any money, and they leave town. Yes, you know, and it's just like, oh.
1: But you know what? That's probably best because that means they didn't have the stamina. It's a very stupid business. You have to like be willing not to make any money for the longest time, and and we do that because. I don't think it's because we're, we, we're cocky. I think it's because we're stupid. We're too stupid to stop. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I think those people who go off and go, that's it. I'm going back to school. God bless them. Because yeah. we have this disease that says do or die. Build a, you know, like you. I mean, build a successful business or or, or nothing. I'm mm-hmm. not, I mean, you have built this business up. It's been a unbelievable. As a songwriter, your passion and your love to to give a, a venue, you know, and a place for people to play. I remember the first little bar that you had. Yeah. I went to that bar, yeah. and then the second one. It, was there a third one before this one? Yeah,
0: third one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean,
1: it's kind of the same story as songwriting. It's been you have. It's like you're not leaving, and you're still standing. You know, yeah. it's what you've created is is beyond just a brand. It's um. It's like a church. I want to say it's like a songwriting church. Mm. Thank you. It's that means true. A lot. It's, it's it's the truth. Yeah.
0: Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And
1: you know, sorry, As a, you, it could only be such a good venue if it was on, because it's owned by a songwriter. Because you understand what they might like, what the sound system should be. You, it's it, There's a huge difference in just a music lover and then somebody who does it also yeah. and understands this is what they want. This is what makes them come back. This is what makes the, ha- them happy. So yeah. it's appreciated.
0: Thank you. <laughs> My staff gets annoyed at me. I think sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, you know. You but, know. <laughs> uh, no, it's we've we've got. Uh, it's I, I can't take the credit either. We've got a, an incredible team behind me. That um, yeah, but you, you had know, a, just... quite
1: a dream that they trust you to just get there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um Okay. So, um, do you have a favorite song that you've written?
1: No, I have favorites. Yeah. Some, some that have been recorded and some that have not. Um, no, I don't have, I don't have a favorite song in general that I didn't write, and I don't have a favorite one that I did write. Yeah, yeah. That's too hard. Yeah. You I, know? Like yeah. I wrote one a couple of weeks ago with Cooper, and it's like now up there probably in my top ten. Really? Yeah, so you never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. forever forever changing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about a story of, um, you know, you talked about the river was like a two-hour right. Um, are most of your rights pretty quick like that? Or do you have some that, you know, you have to go back to multiple times?
1: I'm not a big going back to person. Okay. I like to complete it the day of. Yeah. Um, And so sometimes it takes four hours. Sometimes it takes six hours. Sometimes, you know, three, whatever. Um, I'm not a, 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 I don't know what you call it, like tinkerer. Yeah. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'll be listening to it and going, can we just try to tweak this? Absolutely. But for the most part, I really don't want to leave the room until it's complete. And, um, and it doesn't matter. I mean, if, if, if somebody else's way is to go back and back and back, whatever works, whatever is, makes the end of the song great. Um, Hugh Presswood, who's a, a, a tremendous um, writer, he wrote the song Remembers When and some incredible songs. He was a huge you know, uh, writer in the early 90s. And um, he wrote them all by himself. And it would take him, he would say, about a month to tinker and tinker and tinker and get the song perfect mm. and Gary Burr and I always laugh he you know he, wh- whereas we write him by the pound <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know we just write them faster but that but his won awards, so so you know and so do mine so who's to say what's right or right. wrong yeah, yeah. I- I'm not big on tinkering yeah and I'm also a stickler for what is in the room remains on the song I don't you know an artist what's are, that mean meaning every note counts so don't don't go changing melodies and stuff during demos. Mm. It, it's, I mean, I know I can be annoying, Gary Burr and I are both very particular about every single note. It should all be fabulous. Yeah. No throwaway notes, no throwaway words, you know? Um, so I don't like, well, yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. In the, no, 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 let's figure it out here and now. Cause I want to walk out and know that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Have you had any songs that, um, that, that, have started to go the other way and when an artist or, you know, a demo is getting cut or do you t- typically, are you part of that process?
1: Um, no, I mean, b- both. Uh, let me think. I know I've had that happen with some things where I'm like, why did they change the melody like that? Or, or once in a while they'll change it just cause that's what's in their head. You know, if it's not too big of it and I'll be like, okay. I mean, it, they cut it that way. Try to think though. I'm sure that's happened, but I can't tell it to you right now because yeah. if I'm in the demo session, I'm usually kind of like, i'll compromise at times but i want to make sure we're all on the same page yeah you know
0: yeah yeah well it's worked
1: yeah (laughs) well because i mean i just think melodies are super everything's important Mm -hmm. and you know with lyrics you know if you wouldn't for for the most part you can be psychedelic in some ways but for country music especially if you wouldn't say it that way don't write it that way you know Mm -hmm. You, you would never say um uh I can't even think. But some of the oldest cliches, you know, you you don't talk like that. So just how do you talk? Yeah. You know, forget the rhyme that we're going for right now. What would you, how would you say it? And then we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great advice. That's, yeah. uh Yeah. I mean, it, it's a conversation with a melody.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And what I usually do, either I do it or I'll tell my co-writer to, now read them out loud. Read it down. It should read like a dialogue. If yep. it doesn't sound like something somebody would say, let's take it out, you yep. know,
0: yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so now that you're kind of you've been doing both, um, do you still do you do you like to write more or do you like to produce more?
1: I like to write more.
0: I knew that. I knew that. be yeah. the answer, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, uh, you know, producing is is an outlet and it's it's important and, you know, uh, I have a talent for it. It's not my not my happiest place you yeah. know what i mean the happy place is creating the the song but um it's always but also i mean there's certain you know producing experiences where it's it is like a recipe you know a little more of this little more of that sprinkle it here oh mm-hmm. we need some you know now we need some oil we need some salt we need some pepper uh it's really like that you know it's uh, mixing a good recipe but without a great song doesn't mean can you cuss on the podcast
0: yeah oh yeah. without a
1: good song doesn't mean shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know you can you can polish it up but at the end of the day, it's still not a strong song. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's. Well, I don't. Know, I don't know if we should go here or not. But uh, what do you think about
1: the songs that are out on radio right now? I love them. Do you? Yeah. You know, I get asked this all the time, and I do have friends that just bitch and moan about this new country stuff. And I thought, you know, when I wrote "I Love the Way You Love Me," I that got such slack from the older, you know, like they thought it was a pop song, and now it's the most quaint little song things have to evolve. My yeah. my influence was was rock and pop and stuff. So of course I love the way you love me has a lot of that influence. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't begrudge anything that's happening now. And there are songs that will be around forever from this uh, ne- you know, era, and there'll be songs that we don't remember just like from the 90s. The yeah. great ones will rise. Um, but I I don't I don't uh, put it down. I like a lot of it. Hey, I didn't like all of it in the 90s. (laughs) There were a lot of songs that I would turn the station myself. So I feel that way. But there's a lot of great artists and really solid songs. I mean, uh, uh, we were just talking before this started. I Drive Your Truck. What a fabulous song. You know, there's just fabulous songs and fun songs. So I actually like what's going on. Yeah. I think I will say there may be not as many... um, different different artists singing them some of these songs are so good they could be interchangeable with any artist and back maybe a little while ago it really was oh that's such a tracy lawrence song that's such a garth song that's such a uh, a tim McGraw song and they really wouldn't have swapped it out they wouldn't i couldn't see them singing the other per- person's songs sometimes now i think well that's a great song i don't even know who's actually singing that i can't tell mm. but i'm sure they felt the same way back you know in the 90s sure but there's some great music coming out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, it's, you You said it. You have to evolve with the times. Yes. You know, and it's like, and, and I, have, I have been guilty of, like, when, when there's been some massive changes right. and, like, some new songs that have come out that have just been, like, really pushing the limits. Wait till you hear Cooper Allen's new song. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, there's been times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't, like, I, I, like I didn't get it at first, you know? And then it's the song that I find myself singing in the shower and I'm like, oh man, that's- that's And you know what the
1: thing is? It's, I mean, this Cooper Allen song coming out, um, it's called the same country, but it is country, but it's, it's freaking in your face. It's so good and it has so much rock element and country element and, and you name it. I love it. I, I, when he turned it in, uh, when he showed it to me, I was like, I'm so in love with this song. It's so in your face. However, even as things go a little bit all the way to another side, that's when it always ends up moving back towards a little bit more traditional. Mm. It goes in cycles, don't you find? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it's getting a little crazy, and then Chris Stapleton comes along, yeah. you know, or whoever. It's it's it always goes around and around. And yep. and you know, with this uh, newer generation, whatever. Like I said, I was raised on rock and pop. They're raised on hip hop and country. Yep. Why can't they fuse it? Why yeah. can't? And Cooper Allen, his biggest you know influences were like. Um, 90s you know like weezer and, yeah. and, and uh kid rock and uh you know uh uh bare naked ladies why can't he infuse that with his beautiful knowledge and yeah. love of country music yeah what's what's so bad
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's natural right? it's like natural you just, you're if you whatever you grow up listening to i mean it was the same thing for me i was i was skid row and poison and, there you go you know, it was like i was rock and roll and and it was it was honestly it was garth they came out and I was like, this dude's got a big belt buckle and a 10 gallon hat, but I freaking love it. Yeah, he's, and he, he's Billy Joel. I mean, ex- it was like, yeah.
1: and, and he runs around the arena like any of those bands. Exactly. Just, yeah. And it's funny, even though, uh, all those bands that you, you know, guns and roses and all that stuff, if you strip that, those songs down, they're still gonna, you could make him a country song. Exactly. Cause yeah. it has to do with the, you know, the format and the quality of the song. Yeah. So there you go.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, what, uh, knowing what you know now, um, I love, I love to, to kind of dig in like what kind of advice you would give. So like, first let's just talk about the industry now and like how much that's changed. Um, so if someone were coming, you know, and like wanted to get into this business as a writer or an artist, what's the, what's the advice that you would give them?
1: It's tough now. Cause I mean, it's tough and it's exciting actually. Um, well, the same advice has gone forever with me. It's like, you know, if you have an either or, like I either want because people would come up to me all the time and go, I've been in this town for two years. And if it doesn't happen in the next year, I'm you know, I'm either going to stay here or I'm going to go back to school or I'm going to go back to working at the blah, blah, blah. I always say, do the or, you know, because like I said, people like myself, Cooper, all these people, there's no, there's, it's do or die. Yep. So if you feel that this might not be the thing for you, then do it on the weekends be a surgeon and have a band. I know, I know, like prominent surgeons who have really successful cover bands on the weekends and make a lot of money because they have that out and are great musicians. But they didn't want to stick it out and starve because there's yep. a lot of starving going on. You know, years before yep. you might make it, and you have to do this knowing that you might not. And if you end up playing in the bars all your life, to me, that's still an honor. You're still making money with your music. Yeah, but I think the. Um, advice i would give you know as far as songwriting would be write with everybody even if you think you want to be a solo writer have the experience of Mm co-writing because you'll learn something you'll learn you learn so much be open don't think that yours you're always right and try to write with people who if, if you can you know that just challenge you a little don't go coming into this town also thinking that you're going to be able to write with hit songwriters mm-hmm. I you know I I understand now why I got turned down so often by people that I would come up to at the Bluebird or somebody and ask if they would write and they would politely some not so politely go no I understand it's not because they they want to hurt my feelings it's because they're busy you know if I wrote with everybody who asked me to write just out of politeness I wouldn't have a chance to write with the people that I create with yeah. so find those talented people on your level Garth didn't have a deal when I met him you know, uh, Gary Burr all these people were new in this town find your class yep. and really work um, play out play out play out and take, a, take criticism so important because if, if you can't then mm. you'll never grow
0: yep yep great advice so it may be around the same thing but I always like to end with advice for yourself <laughs> so if you're talking to eight year old Vic Knowing what you know now and everything you have gone through, <laughs> <Huh>. what <laughs> advice would you give yourself back then?
1: Oh, there's too many answers for that. Um, but I will say be smarter with your money because <laughs> this, this business is so crazy. And once they start throwing money at you, you think it's never stopping. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. I don't care if you're a superstar. I mean, only that one 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 percent of a percent of a percent you know other than that it's like the money comes the money goes the money comes back the money goes the money goes the money goes the money comes back so I think I would have just said be smarter with your money because I did not understand all that Uh, most people think it's never ending and uh yeah Vic be smarter with your money start that piggy bank now yeah and mm, professionally I don't know because I mean, if I told her anything different, I don't know if I would have ended up where I am. You know. Mm. Oh, I know what I would have told myself: stick, concentrate more on piano. I, you know, I'm a I'm a capable piano player, but I'm not a great. Come pian- on, no, You're no, no. More no. Than capable. I'm a capable piano player. I, you know, enough to play in bars and you know the one I used to make a living. And I don't play, but I mean, I. That's what I would have told myself. Just concentrate on being a greater piano player. Stick with that because once I found out I could sing and play, then I wasn't really that interested in playing in learning anymore. Yeah. So I would like to be a great musician, which will only help you in writing.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I, I mean, I I look at you. That that's the other thing that I think is cool about you is you love to play. Like you, uh, we we got to do the the PBS um, show that you did yeah. here, um, and you had amazing guests for that. But you just you have this glow about you when you're on stage behind that keyboard and you're singing. And oh, it's like, thank you. Um, but I look at that and go, you're like, you're so talented. You're
1: really sweet. Cause I got to tell you something. That's my, I love doing that TV show. Um, but my biggest, whenever I like my biggest anxiety is having to play. Cause I just wish I played better. Yeah. But, but I love singing and I like entertaining and I like having a party like that. But I'm always like, I got cheat notes. I'm looking at the thing. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I look at other piano player friends of mine. I'm like, oh, I want to play like that. But that's okay. It hasn't really hurt me too much, obviously. Yeah. Well,
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, anything else? Anything God, else This you was so fun.
1: And as you can tell, I, I, I like to talk. So no, this was great. Um, any other advice? <sighs> you know, don't go chasing what you think is trending because you'll never find it. You'll never mm. catch it. Yeah. By the time you catch it, there's another trend happening so just write what's real and um what feels right uh that's probably it you know don't try to chase a trend because that's it's not sincere and it's not it's not going to help you so so good yeah
0: i love it (laughs) it's always a pleasure to get to see you and hang out
1: really fun chris thank
0: you so much for doing this thank you for having uh, me yeah, it's, it's just um yeah. It's, can we
1: do a part two sometime? Yes, <laughs> I was just gonna say like
0: I, I know like there's so many stories that I know about you and I just there's you know we could do this for three hours yes. and still be peeling back
1: layers. We could. So, can um, I oh, actually? Can I plug my TV show? Yes, I just yes. realized that if you want to watch uh, Victoria Shaw or Songwriters Under the Covers, just download the All Arts app anywhere yep. and and then watch it there's like four, there's two seasons. There's 14 episodes. Yeah.
0: So please. And that second season we did. Uh, all here. Yeah. All here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jimmy so. Allen was here and Garth and um, Tommy Shaw of sticks and yep. Clint Black. It was Keb Mo. It was fun.
0: Yeah. That was, it was a, it was a great time.
1: It was <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I hope so. people watch it. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been another episode of stories behind the songs with Victoria Shaw. And we'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.